Hello and welcome to the Prigya Arora show where we discuss law and entrepreneurship with people who have been there and done that. My name is Prigya Arora, founder of PA Legal, an intellectual property law firm. And our guest for today is very talented, Sara. She is an expert in legal design and She's an amazing person and I can tell you how beautiful looking and simple looking creative she makes on LinkedIn. And if you're not following her, do follow her. She's founder of Law But How and let's directly dive into a conversation with her. Welcome, Sarah, on the show. Thank you so much, Pigya, for having me. Yeah. So, Sarah, let's start out with something fun and interesting. We call it as our warm-up question. What is one thing in life that you can't live without? You know, when I saw this question, I was like, I know the answer. That's my glasses. (laughs) (laughs) That's my glasses. My eyesight is so bad to the point where if I was left in, you know, somewhere in the desert with absolutely nothing... I wouldn't die because I have no food or no water. I would die because I have no glasses on. <laughs> this is as simple as that. So the, yeah, my glasses. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just to t- tell you something about myself, I used to be one with, you know, very thick glasses and I got LASIK done recently. <laughs> so I, I resonate with you so much. So while I was in college, I my first thing my roommate used to do was, Rigya, I was every morning I was like, Rich, I can't find my glasses. Where are they? And she would come and she, she would scold me first and then find out my glasses and give it to me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that's, that's very, very relatable. <laughs> yeah. I know. So, so Sarah, now coming to your career journey, can you tell us something about that and how you became the person you are today? Oh, absolutely. Um, I would try to, to, to make it um, a quick and uh, and hopefully interesting for, for the audience. But long story short, I've qualified as a lawyer. Uh, that was in 2014 in France. I'm a French qualified lawyer. I started to work in the UK uh, in-house. Um, that was my first uh, uh, permanent position uh, in the UK in 2016. Uh, so after so a year and a half after graduation. So I've worked in the tech industry. And then I've stayed there a year and a half. I was part of a legal team. Then the second role as an in-house counsel, but I, it was a sole counsel position. So very different because I was no longer shielded by a, a general counsel who would uh, take all the accountabilities and have the vision. I was the one to actually do that. Um, so I've been a sole counsel and I've grown a legal team from scratch. And that was back in 2017. And I stayed there for, uh, for four years and uh, in parallel of my, of my in-house legal career, I was co- creating content on social media and I started with you know, giving value to people in terms of career because I've really struggled to find a job myself. And then um, I understood the power of conveying information on social media uh, for the legal industry. And uh, this kind of really showed me another path. And uh, as I was kind of sharing in-house legal related content as well, based on my experience, I could, I, I kind of realized that I was more passionate by the practice of law, yeah. uh, sorry, the solving problem in the legal industry versus um, uh, the practice of law. So that's really where 
what really led to uh, where I am today. And this is why I've, I've left in-house legal to uh, focus on legal design and, and legal uh, tech. So wow. that's it. It's very inspiring, Sarah. I, I know it's not very easy to, you know, switch careers and uh, go on the path that you really want to choose for yourself. It's not easy. It takes a lot of courage. So congratulations for that and big shout out for doing that. <laughs> a lot of, uh, I'm sure a lot of women entrepreneurs get inspired seeing that and it's in the industry that, you know, as you said, legal uh, tech and legal industry as a whole, it requires some transformation that we all are up to and uh, like leaving the older path on which lawyers were traveling and choosing the new one yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah 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 you need to change your mindset yeah definitely so sarah uh, one thing which you know catches eye on your linkedin profile is authenticity right and uh, i i'm sure you might must be hearing it from people about authenticity so you have mentioned uh, probably a period of 10 months we were, which on which you were technically technically unemployed so can you tell us what what made you do that and come out to public and probably share the concerns of uh, what what it takes at that point when you do not have a job and you're looking and finding probably you're not sitting idle but you're finding something you are exploring yourself maybe so can you share something about uh, your story about that yeah no absolutely um the reason why i i i officially mentioned on linkedin that i um i faced a very long uh, period of unemployment mm -hmm. but also you know i found an internship uh, i was meant to do an internship but this internship was a scam so i got scammed as well like everything is you know written on black and white on linkedin yeah and uh, so, I, so as you as you mentioned, and the reason why I've done that is to kind of give some hope to people. And and I'm yet to come across anyone who hasn't really who has had a very straightforward career. It might not be unemployment, uh, or it might not be being scammed by an in, by a fake internship, right? But it might be other types of uh, of challenges. It might be. A job that didn't work out or oh, yeah. it might be you know um uh, having been managed by someone who uh, and it was a terrible experience like we've all had um uh, challenges in our career and and this is normal this is this is sometimes what it takes mm -hmm. to grow and um so that was really the the spirit behind it is that hey you know like i am where i am today because of those experiences as well in some ways they've helped me because mm -hmm. when i was you know, struggling sometimes as an in-house lawyer, I would look back at this time where, where I was unemployed or I would look back at this time where I was desperate for legal experience to the point where I went for an internship that didn't exist. So it, it gave me that perspective. It gave me a resilience. So every experience helps. And uh, I want to normalize the conversation that um, we can be very successful, have very good careers without, uh, um, you know, having a straightforward journey. Wow, I think it's it's an important message that everybody should learn that probably career journey is nev never straightforward. It has ups, it has downs. And being business owners, uh, like you are a business owner, I am a business owner, we know every month is not the same. Yeah. 
every every project is not the same every client is not the same so be it business be it our study life we all have this ups down going on continuously <laughs> so <laughs> another question that comes up now is how do you juggle with your ups and downs i'm sure you must have faced many but what keep what keep what keeps you motivated Oh, 100%, my goodness. I, I mean, I, I've been in business for not so long. It's been like less than a year. So I've uh, launched Robert Howe in 2021 when I left uh, um, in-house. So it was in July of a summer. And I mean, what I found is, I mean, obviously everything I've, I've been creating on social media has really been paying off. Yeah. Where originally, when I started to create content, it was very much to add value. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not. I don't add value anymore now, but now I'm much more strategic because I have a business, you know, uh, uh, to run. Whereas before, it was more in the content creation capacity, so I could share about everything and anything that came my mind. But even then, even when doing that, I could see that when I said, "Hey, by the way, guys, you know, I'm launching my own venture," you know, so many people were supportive. Um, and, 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 and people started to reach out as well. You know, they started to reach out, they started to be intrigued, you know, by the type of services that I would offer. And, uh, in the beginning, um, you get excited, right? <laughs> you get excited. You've got your first leads. You've got your first client call, you know, you spend an enormous amount of time to prepare for a prospect and then you never get a response. You send a quote you never hear back or you hear back three months later or you give a price, you know, I don't know, a hundred, the person comes back and say, oh, uh, can you do it for five? <laughs> People negotiating you down. And uh, so that's the, and that's the reality of entrepreneurship, yes. you know, and, um, and, and that was new to me. Um, so I think, you know, it's, uh, so this has been really kind of my ups and downs. So knowing that, you know, there's interest, that there is momentum, but realizing that, you know, actually it's not that straightforward, you know, just because people are interested doesn't mean that they will buy from you okay. or they won't necessarily be the right customers for you or they won't necessarily have the budget. And you know what? Like you have to pick a battle. You can't be every, everything to everyone. So I'm kind of, you know, obviously I'm learning still, but um these are the things that, you know, I, uh, I have experienced and what keeps me going is um, my passion for, for what I do. I have a genuine passion. Yeah. And as I always say to people, you know, I, I mean, I do these things for free. I create this content for free. So can mm -hmm. you imagine what I can do when you pay me to do that for you? You know, so <laughs> that's really the drive and the passion that keeps me going. I know and seeing your profile people will automatically realize the potential you have I always tell people uh, like whatever work you do whatever field you choose it's very important to show show up and to tell people that you are doing good work otherwise nobody will know and nobody will probably reach out you may be the best of lawyers you may be the best of entrepreneurs but if nobody yeah. knows about you I think I think it does not hold a commercial value if nobody knows about it. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. 
and another thing is uh, like you mentioned that if we if we give a quote of 100 and in response we get five in initial days of career people probably get paranoid and they they are like okay we are getting a client we should probably take that but i think that is also in the process we gradually learn that we have to have our own value and know our own yeah. worth and pro- learn to say no i guess yeah yeah, learning to say no is as important, if not more, as uh, saying yes. Yeah. Because in the beginning, that's one of the that's one of the mistakes I've made. You know, like people would come to me for process design work and um, work that I can do, right? Uh, but it's not the core of my. It's not my passion. It's not the core of my expertise. It's not the thing that I would genuinely enjoy doing. Okay. In the beginning, you kind of think, oh, you know, I'm new. So I don't really have the luxury to say no when someone wants something, you know, for, for, for a fee. And actually, no, it is important. It's even more important in the beginning because you don't have a yeah. team. You know, you're a one-man shop. You have nobody else to help you. So your time is, it's important to spend your time wisely. And one way to effectively do that is by knowing exactly what are the, you know, two, three, four things that you want to focus on. And what is going to be the price point? And as you said, you have to value your own value. You have to understand that your your time is worth something. And and, and you have to pick a battle. If someone doesn't fit your budget, don't don't take this client. Because chances are they will, you know, go elsewhere anyway. If they start negotiating you down, they will keep on doing so anyway. (laughs) Because budget is a really sensitive topic for them. Yeah. I loved how you portrayed value your own value. It is so such an important thing for I think everybody. Uh, I also say it this way, like we need to set our standards in the very beginning because whatever standards we set in the beginning, that will probably run throughout our business or throughout our career. So if we do not have, if, if we lower the prices, lower everything in the beginning, it's very difficult to raise prices later on. So if you start with a particular standard, probably it's easier to maintain that standard or go above it, but it's very uh, difficult to come down (laughs) again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So Sarah, now coming to content creation, like what made you switch to it? What was that turning point in your life? Like, okay, now I want to enter into this hardcore field and leave probably everything else behind and I'll focus on this aspect I'll be I'll become an expert of this field and the world should know Sarah as an expert of legal content creation what was your turning point oh so I think so initially what my journey to content creation was to you know help people and that's really what was the spirit, you know, help people find a job initially because I struggled to find a job. And then later down the line, I was like, okay, I have challenges as an in-house lawyer. Um, so what are, the, what are the things that I can share to, um, you know, to help other in-house lawyers? Uh, and that's really where I started to obviously create legal design related content and also um, like more TikTok 
uh, <laughs> videos, like, you know, making fun of the in-house legal profession, but also kind of sending this message that, hey, we are all in this together. We, we all have yeah. the same salespeople and we all have the same <laughs> uh, So I think, you know, willingness to genuinely help a willingness to also, you know, educate but differently, yeah. you know, educate through visualization or educate through entertainment. These were the kind of, this is really what, what fueled my, my willingness to create content for, for, for social media. The turning point in terms of, um, you know, like, okay, I have to pick a battle now was when I launched Lobet How because I also work uh, for, for, for Contract Per AI as a legal design manager. So I'm kind of, I'm doing a lot of things at the moment, right? So I have got my, my business and I've got uh, my job, my day job as well. And time isn't my best friend uh, as, we, as we speak. So it was really important for me to use whatever time I had left to continue creating content yeah. wisely. And it really taught me a very important lesson as a content creator is that, you know, if you want to be recognized in a particular area of expertise you really have to speak about it yeah you know it doesn't mean that you know you can't speak about other things but you really have this you need to have this type of 80 20 percent ratio because otherwise you digress and your audience gets, gets confused you yeah. know what, what what is it like, what should i reach out to you for so now people know legal design legal content creation sometimes i do speak about you know, my time as an in-house counsel, because that, that really served me well. And I have a lot to share about it, but it's, you know, I always try to kind of, you know, link this part of my career to, you know, legal design yeah. uh, in the form of visual content. So Sarah, I'm going to take a personal advice from you because I heard this question. So what I do is I do intellectual property hardcore, but I love legal entrepreneurship. So I run a legal entrepreneurship podcast. I post probably once a week about legal entrepreneurship and five days a week about intellectual property. So is it a right strategy uh, to uh, give focused content or it? Or some because taking my example, uh, we can spread out this word that what could be the right content strategy? Yeah, no, absolutely. I um. So in, in terms of what you do, is your uh, for IP? I are you working more with entrepreneurs or are you working more with uh with with, with lawyers? Uh, so in-house legal teams, for example, who might need IP support. Uh, mainly startups, entrepreneurs, and things like that. Right. Okay. Okay. So I think, so the things about, I guess, legal entrepreneurship, um, this, this is technically the type of content I believe that would be extremely valuable, but more from the perspective of people in the legal industry. Yeah. Um, so, and if this is something that you genuinely want to share about, I think that's, that's perfectly fine, but that would be your 20% in my example. Yes. That would be your kind of 20, 20% because this type of content won't necessarily drive business to your firm or for IP related mm -hmm. uh, uh, projects. Um, so that's really what I mean by being strategic, yeah. you know, have 80% of your time creating content on IP. If you really want to, you know, mm -hmm. become the go-to person for entrepreneurs in IP, but then yes, of course, you know, you are an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship is something that you really enjoy and yes, and having this show, you know, if anything, you are adding value to the legal community. 
and you might get referrals out of it. You know, you, I mean, every time, because at the end of the day, there are so many lawyers in different practice areas. And so if, you know, someone who really, fo- you know, follows your entrepreneurship related post comes a- across an entrepreneur who needs IP advice, they would think of you. Yeah. So that would be more a secondary effect, I would say. But um, it doesn't mean that you can't do it. <laughs> Perfect. So uh, for everybody, Sarah just proposed an 80-20% rule where 80% you have to produce a focused content on whichever field you want to focus on and 20% could be rest of the content. Whatever you love apart from your main work. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Absolutely. So, uh, Sarah, again, you know, um, a question comes uh, in my mind. That is, uh, we have so many platforms. We have LinkedIn, we have Instagram, we have YouTube, we have Twitter, we have so many things. Yeah. Do you propose that same content should go on each platform? Or... Uh, Again, taking my example, and it, this is very random, like we can, uh, uh, some short videos like Instagram reels for students, for student community, we can post it as a reel on Instagram. We can post IP content on LinkedIn. So this strategy should be so same type of content go on every platform or a, a specific content should go on a specific platform. Or how do we repurpose content? Yeah, I was going to say repurposing is, is, is the key answer to that. Um, because on YouTube, YouTube is perfect for long videos. Yeah. That's the medium for that. If you, if you post a 60 minutes video on LinkedIn, nobody's going to watch it. Yeah. It's far too long. Whereas on YouTube, the expectation is you know, to watch videos such as tutorials and things that are fairly, you know, um, um, uh, I would say um, full in terms of uh, uh, content. So, so YouTube is perfect for long videos. LinkedIn, Instagram, I would go for short video content. So one minute maximum, one, you know, one minute, 30 seconds, but like, you know, basically not five or 10 mm-hmm. Um, so that's for, for video content on YouTube, you wouldn't post written content, mm-hmm. right? Um, so written content would more likely be, um, suited for blogs or the blog posts or even LinkedIn, uh, if you have a newsletter on there, or, or if you write articles, Instagram, you will have more, as, as I said before, short videos, but also visuals. Yeah. Uh, so visual content works quite well on, uh, on Instagram. On LinkedIn as well, I think you can, the visual content uh, uh, really makes you stand out. And that's my favorite format. Um, and that's really kind of my signature type of content. Um, I'm less familiar with Facebook, so I can't really comment on Facebook. Um, and TikTok, I mean, TikTok is a, that's a world in its own right. Um, <laughs> it's, it's nothing to do with the other platform. It's, uh, it's a very unique environment. Uh, yeah. It's more educating for entertainment it has a very strong focus on on, on this point um, um but you can also i guess you know um give tutorials as well like educational content works really well but that, again that's going to be more the short video format yeah um so yes but again you don't have to reinvent the wheel mm-hmm. uh, and that, that's really where repurposing content is key so your show for example you could uh, post uh, sample videos on instagram and linkedin 
right? Yeah. Or even or even TikTok for that matter, focusing on one particular things that we, that we've discussed. Um, uh, you can obviously have a podcast version of your video, and that would go on Spotify. And I think this is what you, you do, and that's really clever because from one piece of content you now have two, and you could have much more if you do the short videos. Then you can extract the written form, and that becomes an article. Correct. Uh, then you can extract, you know, some quotes or, or you know, like the f- five takeaways from my interview with Sarah today, and that becomes a, a carousel. So that becomes more like a, a, a visual format, yeah. inviting people to your YouTube channel. So from you see from one video, yes, uh, you know, you can already see a multitude of uh, 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 ways of uh, creating content um, oh. uh, without reinventing the wheel. So uh, I think it's so important to uh, understand that sometimes for law firms, it can be overwhelming, like overwhelming to think about creating content. But like you said, from one videos, we can chop out 20 types of different content and we can probably schedule them. Now we have schedulers to schedule them so that it goes regularly on your social media profiles. So I think that is also an important aspect that everybody should know that it's not very difficult. Even if you create two videos, two one hour videos in a week for like your time uh, would be around, you'll be spending around two hours on that. But from that two hours, you can take out uh, 20 or 40 different type of content, which can you can use throughout and whenever you want and probably link it with each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, Sarah, can you tell us uh, some challenges with law firms and legal field particularly face uh, in growing a brand and how we can uh, solve it? Yeah, sure. So I think one of the issues that we have in the industry, and again, that's probably, I don't know if it's a law school trauma or, <laughs> or it, if it's an industry specific problem, but the issues, the issue that I guess we see a lot is that um, lawyers usually want to be exhaustive yeah. in whatever they they uh, they, they create, um, and that is obviously due to the fact that yes, they you know they engage their liability if something goes wrong or, or if the advice is incomplete. Or, um, but I think when it, when it comes to creating content on social media, you have to understand that it's not a legal opinion this is not a legal opinion. Like you are just conveying some information and depending on the format, you know, you really have to pick a battle in terms of what you want to produce, right? So let's say that I want to share all things intellectual property. You will never be able to do that. Even if you were to create 10 articles anyway, you have to pick a battle. And it goes all the way towards towards you know if you okay so if you pick a battle you choose trademark again you can't share all things trademark in one article or one visual Got it. you really have to pick a battle talk about the trademark application Got it. focus your content on that and again within the trademark application you know what are the key things what are the five six things that your audience will find valuable in this particular process. It might not be all the resources available about trademarks. It will 
it's likely to be maybe timelines. How long does it take? Cost. How much does it cost to file a trademark application? Yeah. So really focus on those key points and um and and and, and choose a format that is appropriate. For this type of content, I could see an infographic working extremely well. You have a timeline, nothing fancy. You go on PowerPoint, you draw a, a timeline, you know, five steps. That's it, done. That's one piece of content. Good. You don't always need to be exhaustive. You don't always, you know, you don't always kind of fear about worst case scenario. Oh, but what if I, I say this and then someone sues me because that wasn't, no, this is not legal advice. This is information that is aimed at promoting your visibility on social media. And that's, this is the way you should look at it. And I think that's probably, you know, um, an industry problem. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, so I really, and I, I could see things, you know, changing slightly. I can see lawyers becoming uh, uh, more and more vocal uh, and, uh, and, and and trying different things, you know, trying videos and trying TikTok mm -hmm. and trying. So, so, so that's, I think there is a great progress uh, towards, you know, uh, diversity of content. Um, but when it comes to technical information, I'm yet to see, uh, you know, you know, people really uh, driving change. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, uh, <laughs> I guess we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. Very beautifully explained, Sarah. I resonate with this problem a lot. I can't even tell you how much. So these uh, young law students will come for internships, like they come regularly, and they'll fill their articles with, you know, heavy legal jargons, fancy language, and then I'll explain them. <laughs> Nobody's going to read it. You, oh. wa you want to write content for non-lawyers. You don't want to write content for lawyers. You want to reach out to your audience. So, so I always tell them that it has to be short simple and engaging if it is not short if it is not simple if it has one difficult word and it is a legal jargon which uh, the audience cannot understand they'll not because these just scrolling is so easy on our mobiles we have to just do this 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 this, yeah, this, this. Exactly. so if it is difficult nobody is going to read yeah absolutely yeah this is a very short attention span you yeah. you have literally seconds to to grab people's attention use them wisely wow. as you said if, if people don't don't to engage with it they will scroll that yeah. takes half of a second to do that probably so i want this message to go to everybody that please don't use fancy language and sarah has validated it <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. So, Sarah, now a quick rapid fire round. Answer these very quickly. What are three things in life you're grateful for? Grateful for my health, grateful for my family, and grateful for, uh, I guess, my, my friends. Yeah, mm -hmm. people around me. Wow. Health, family, and people around you. <laughs> Yeah. Now, two traits that you think are useful for a legal career. There would be many traits, but mm -hmm. I only have two. So resilience, that's a big one. Yeah. And uh, creativity. Wow. Uh, resilience and creativity. So I hear creativity from very less number of people, particularly in legal career. And that's a great answer. <laughs> now, one aspiration you have for the future. Um, a more creative and inclusive uh, legal industry. 
wow creative and inclusive legal industry i resonate again with this very very much <laughs> do you want to uh, discuss so the rapid fire round is over do you want to discuss some aspects of inclusivity now we have just spoken about it so <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it, there is a lack of um, inclusiveness, I think, in terms of, you know, um, and I won't even, I mean, it's diversity and inclusion applied across, you know, multiple spectrums of the, of the industry, you know, whether, whether we're looking at the profession or, or, or you know, the, there's no divergent thinking like it's um you know it's kind of like we're all in this particular mold of the way things have always been and um wow. and that's a really and, and that's a real shame because you know we all see the world through different lenses and uh, i think it's important that we kind of come together as and we kind of complete each other's perspective and views on things and for the industry um um for um you know, better legal services, you know, whether we are doing, uh, we are delivering legal services in a B2B context or B2C, it doesn't really matter. I think we can really drive change and, and uh, make this world a better place. Um, we have a superpower. I mean, you know, the, the laws of a society are extremely important. Uh, and yet I don't think we leverage this power enough uh, to our benefits. So, Wow, uh, awesome and very uh, beautifully explained again uh, that inclusivity is so important and in legal career as a whole, it is seen that, you know, we have a particular path, we have a particular way and that is the only way, but there could be several different ways which are not explored. And I think young generation, young people understand that it they want want to bring a revolution in this field disruption in this field but still there is some fear which yeah. stops them <laughs> and uh, probably my message would prob uh, uh, would be to everyone that take a little courage and take the first step probably and yeah. then things will follow like sara you have you are an example of this like i think courage what whatever i have spoken with you in last 45 minutes i think courage it takes courage to be authentic it takes courage to come out and speak the problems people have the problems people face so it takes a lot of courage and thank you for that oh that's very kind <laughs> thank you yeah so uh sara now quickly can you share some key takeaways for lawyers and legal entrepreneurs all right, uh, so lawyers, um, maybe takeaways or maybe word of advice, be experimental. Yeah. Yes, things have always been in a certain way, but it doesn't need to be. That's just the way we've been trained and uh, we are taught to look at precedents to mitigate, if not avoid the risks, but that's just not what life is about. Life is about experimenting. Yeah. And it's about, you know, getting certain things wrong, but also get, getting certain things right. And um, to be experimental, let go of perfection. And um, remember that one is always better than zero. Yeah. If you take one little step every single day for the rest of the year, you will be a couple of hundred steps away from where you are today. So it's always important to kind of keep this... Uh, 
that's what I like to call incremental uh, improvement. Um, so yeah, uh, that would be my uh, word of advice, I guess, for, for legal pr practitioners. And for legal entrepreneurs, whether lawyers or otherwise, um, I admire you. <laughs> I can give any word of advice because I am really, I mean, I'm getting started. It's, it's year one. Maybe in a couple of years, I will have uh, much more to share, but um, keep, keep doing what you're doing. And uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really brave, you know, to... To, to come up with a business idea and, uh, and, and try to, to, you know, make it work long-term. So yeah, keep going. <laughs> wow. So I'll just reiterate a few points, which I uh, just got from you. Be experimental, experiment, fail, try, fail, try, fail, and finally <laughs> win. Take the first step. Don't, don't fear taking the first step and focus on incremental improvements. I think what you said, one is always better than zero. So focus on incremental uh, improvements and your life would be magnificent. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. So thank you so much, Sarah, for your time and for being on the show. I'm sure the audience is going to love this episode. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for having me. Hopefully they will. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Hey there. Thank you for attending today's session. If you enjoyed today's session, do follow our channel and consider sharing it with a friend. My name is Prigya Arora, daughter of inspiring parents, alumna of IIT Kharagpur, engineer turned lawyer and entrepreneur, and now founder of PA Legal, where we help creators and innovators protect their intellectual property. Thank you.